0: What's going on guys? It is Friday, June 5th, 2020. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Tim Kelly. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Today's episode is also brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. You know the jingle. Uh, So there hasn't been a show for a few days, and there's a few reasons for that. First of all, I keep waiting for MLB owners to get their act together and meet the players for a reasonable deal for there to be a 2020 season. To this point, that hasn't happened. More importantly, though, There are just so many bigger things going on in the world right now that I felt like, at least for a few days, especially on Blackout Tuesday, it would have been borderline disrespectful for me to come on here and try to break down, oh, who's the Phillies' fifth outfielder going to be this season, with so much pain about real-life events going on in the world right now. George Floyd's death was unacceptable. It was unacceptable in the same way that Eric Garner's death was six years ago. The only silver lining this time around is it appears in this case that the officers involved, at least to this point, are going to be held accountable for their disgusting actions. But this and a few other recent incidents have caused us to reach a point where we can't just be outraged about this for a few days and then go back to our lives and forget it ever happened. There has to be outrage now and then the formulation of legitimate plans to address police brutality, to address systematic issues that have plagued this country really for its entire existence. And I've thought quite a bit about this quote from JFK this past week. He said famously, quote, those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable. And everybody wants issues to be solved in a manner that's peaceful, But when you say that, that means actually hearing these concerns and trying to find solutions. It doesn't mean just saying, oh, we'll be like Dr. King, and then if people do peacefully protest like Dr. King, then you tune them out. That's not what that means. These people have been historically disenfranchised, and you need to hear them now. Change is being demanded now, and I put my money where my mouth is. I will put my actions where my mouth is, and I hope you do, and you become— an advocate for change as well. All that being said, this is a Phillies podcast, and I want to continue to keep you entertained talking about the sport that we all love until it hopefully returns. I have a great topic that I want to get to in just a minute. You can support Locked On Phillies by supporting our sponsors, Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get your first order with $10 off. And then Rock Auto, who has amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So NBC Sports Philadelphia is doing a great special right now where they're re-airing all the games from the 2008 World Series run. It's a pretty cool thing because you see clips of Brett Myers at bat and Shane Victorino's Grand Slam and Matt Stair's home run, but you rarely ever see the, the, the full games. I don't think they've ever until this point replayed some of the games in this Brewers series, so it's really fun. And the Phillies, obviously, they played the Brewers in the NLDS that year and that Brewers team was really a who's who of players you forgot played for the Brewers. Gabe Kapler was on the Brewers that season. Jason Kendall was on the Brewers that season. Eric Gagne. Frankly, I, I forgot Corey Hart even existed. He was a multiple-time all-star, a really good right fielder at his peak. Uh, you saw him in that series. The one guy on that team that I didn't forget about, of course, beyond CC Sabathia, was Ryan Braun, who is still on the team and is an all-time Philly killer in my mind. He hit three home runs against the Phillies on opening day 2014, and he's been a thorn in their side for his entire career. People obviously dislike him, not only because he got caught juicing, but because he took a bunch of other people down with him that were innocent before he finally acknowledged his guilt. So he's a player that you love to hate, and Phillies fans feel that way, especially because he's hit three eighty-five with 25 home runs, 73 RBIs. I mean, those are amazing numbers against the team in their career. He had three home runs on them uh, against them at uh, the home opener in 2014. So, Ryan Braun has given people in Philadelphia lots of reasons not to enjoy his presence when he comes to Philadelphia. Someone else who just retired but killed the Phillies for his entire career is Brian McCann. McCann had two stints with the Braves, also once with the Yankees and the Astros. In his 15 years, he hit 24 home runs, drove in 87 runs against the Phillies. And to me, he represents the years of Braves dominance. He broke into the league at the end of the run of Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, and then he came back last year. To rejoin a team that now includes a ton of young talent and you feel like is going to be a force to be reckoned with for a long time. And even though their season ended in disaster, he had uh, he helped them reach the postseason and win the NL East for a second consecutive year. In the years that Brian McCann was gone, Lucas Duda of the Mets kind of picked up... Uh, where McCann left off, and it felt very similar because Lucas Duda had a similar build. He played first base, but he had a very similar swing to Brian McCann. He had 24 home runs against the Phillies in his career, so Lucas Duda killed the Phillies. Ryan Zimmerman, who it feels like has played for the Nationals since baseball was founded. Uh, he has 27 home runs and 111 RBIs in his career. And frankly, I wasn't even blown away by those numbers when you consider how long he's been in the NL East. I would have thought they'd be even higher. But I specifically remember in 2009 him hitting a walk-off home run against Brad Lidge of D.C. So, uh,. It sticks with me, some of the major moments that Ryan Braun has had against the Phillies. Of course, there's also the other moment where the bases are loaded and the the second-to-last game of the 2008 season, he smokes a ball up the middle, but Jimmy Rollins dives, flips to Chase Utley, and he fires to Ryan Howard at first, and the Phillies win the National League East, so there's also that moment, but by and large, Ryan Zimmerman has had a ton of success against the Phillies. The one that really sticks out for a lot of people is Jeff Conine. Uh, Jeff Conine played for eight years for the Marlins over two different stints. He's really one of the most popular players that the Marlins have ever had. And then he also had a season with the Mets, and he had 14 home runs and 70 RBIs against the Phillies in his career. Those numbers don't stand out in the same way that some others do, but he seemed to have the timeliness factor of killing the Phillies late in the season and preventing them from playing in the postseason. certainly did it in the early to mid-2000s with the Marlins. And then in 2006, Pat Gillick traded for him. I believe it was an August waiver trade. And he actually put up relatively good production. I was surprised because I didn't remember it this way. But what I do remember is a specific game where he had a ball to deep left field the Citizens Bank Park, and this was before they moved the wall back. So it really didn't take much to get the ball out in left field when they first opened the stadium. And Harry Callis was even fooled and thought he hit it out only for it to die at the wall. The Phillies lost that game that year. Uh, they finished just a few games out of the wild card. If it was today's rules, they would have easily been in the playoffs. Without those rules, when there was only one wild card, they missed the playoffs that year, and that's kind of what I remember about Jeff Cohen brief time with the Phillies, and certainly it's hard to forget his time against the Phillies. Here's one you probably forgot about, though. Andres Galarraga, in his career, hit 30 home runs and drove in 123 RBIs against the Phillies. I specifically remember a game where the Phillies were playing in Montreal at Olympic Stadium, and he came up to the plate, and Harry Kalish just introduced him as, here comes Philly killer Andres Galarraga. He was a great player. He made five all-star teams. He played, in addition to the Expos, he played for the Cardinals, the Rockies, the Braves, the Rangers, the Giants, the Angels. So he, he was kind of everywhere. And he also overcame a battle with cancer, I believe, when he was with the Braves. So his story was a great one. Unfortunately for the Phillies... His success, a lot of it seemed to come against them. So Andres Galarraga is one you might have forgot about, but I, I certainly haven't. Speaking of people, though, with Expos connections, between the Marlins, the Expos, and eventually the Expos became the Nationals, obviously. LeVon Hernandez, he actually only had a 3.66 ERA against the Phillies. But <laughs> th- this is one of those ones where it just feels like and- or uh, LeVon Hernandez was a Phillies killer. Uh, Maybe it was just because of a few different starts that I remember, but I know a lot of other people feel this way as well, so couldn't let this list go by without at least mentioning LeVon Hernandez. And then there's Freddie Freeman, who he's only 30 years old. But he has 22 home runs against the Phillies, 98 RBIs and 90 walks. Those are in his first 10 years with the Braves. And seemingly, he could play at a peak level for four or five more seasons. I think he's low-key going to have a Hall of Fame, uh, at least resume that warrants... uh, further review from Hall of Fame voters at the end of his career. And I have to confess, as much as he's killed the Phillies, I love watching him and Joey Votto hit. They are both guys that it's just like an art. They can hit for power. They can also flick the ball over the third baseman's head for a, a single on a 2 count. I mean, they are just professional hitters, and I love guys that are able to change their approach like that depending on the situation and depending on the, the count. The scariest two on this list to me, though, are Ronald Acuna and Juan Soto because... They're going to be in the NL East for a long, long time, especially we know Acuna because he's already signed a long term deal to remain in Atlanta. It's very team friendly. He's hit 311 with five home runs and 20 RBIs against the Phillies in his first two seasons in the league. And of course, in those two seasons, the Braves have won the NL East. He's kind of been the face of it. You've got other guys that have had big games against the Phillies Brian McCann, Ozzy Albies, Josh Donaldson, whoever. But Ronald Acuna has become the face of the Braves, and they look like a team that is not only going to be the the favorite in the NL East for a long time, but a pretty consistent World Series contender because they have a really good system as well, and Acuna is going to be there for a long time. Juan Soto's numbers are even scarier, though. He only has 116 at-bats, which is not a big sample size. If someone gets off to a scorching hot start in 116 at-bats in a regular season, you say, okay, that's good, but it's still early in the season. Well, that may be the case. It's so early in Juan Soto's career, maybe things are going to change. But he's already hit nine home runs and driven in 26 runs against the Phillies. I mean, the the production is just staggering, as is just about everything he's done so far. I mean, you go down the list of, of players... He had a home run off Clayton Kershaw, two off Garrett Cole. He just had, I think he had one off Justin Verlander last postseason. It was incredible. There's no moment too big for him. His pulse just always kind of stays, or his heartbeat just kind of stays at the same level. And he has a swing that reminds you of Barry Bonds in Pittsburgh. So Juan Soto is going to be a pain in the Philly side for a long time. If there's any silver lining to this, it's that Bryce Harper, if things go as planned, is going to spend the rest of his career with the Philly. Phillies, and when he was a national, he absolutely killed the Phillies. He had 24 home runs and 66 RBIs. If he had remained with the Nationals or gone to maybe the Dodgers, where the Phillies would see him a few times a year, imagine what his numbers over the course of his career would have looked like against the Phillies. I mean, we talk about some of these guys on this list that have killed the Phillies Brian McCann, whoever. And they had the same numbers over the course of their career that Bryce Harper had in seven seasons. If he hadn't come to the Phillies, he would have continued to kill the Phillies. So in addition to the fact that it's great to have a player as – popular and talented as bryce harper on your team it's also great to not have to face him ever again so uh that's the one silver lining but a a lot of these names stick out and if you have any that i didn't remember you can hit me up on twitter at tim kelly sports that is going to do it for today's show hopefully by next time we will talk with a concrete plan for the 2020 season i gotta say though i'm not holding my breath No matter what happens, we will have great coverage of baseball on philliesnation.com. It is Cliff Lee month. We're celebrating him there. Go ahead and check that out. Great coverage of the entire sports landscape on radio.com. Today's show was brought to you by Built Bar and Rock Auto. Now tell your smart speaker to play the latest episode of Locked on MLB. I'll talk to you guys next time.